welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Chelsea Hagen. Hallelujah. Has everyone got their Bibles with them? Awesome. Or iPads or smartphones or whatever, what other devices you've got. Pretty rare to find a actual Bible these days. Hey, Nevin's got one. Praise Jesus. Awesome. Yay. Go the King Jimmy. Love it. Awesome. So I'm going to um, bring the Word of God to you guys, something that God's really had burning on my heart. So let's just pray. Holy Spirit, I just thank you so much for this Word. Holy Spirit, I thank you that it's a word out of your own mouth, God. It's a word, Heavenly Father, that's perpetual. God, that it doesn't have an expiry date. Lord Jesus, that your word will last forever. It will never, ever pass away. God, I pray that this word, Heavenly Father, would really dig deep into our hearts today. God, that that you would convict us, Holy Spirit, that you would just come and show us areas, Heavenly Father, where maybe we're caught up in this, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your word that brings freedom, God. We thank you for your word, Heavenly Father, that discerns the thoughts and intents of man's hearts. And we welcome the conviction, God. We welcome the change, God. We welcome, Heavenly Father, where we be doers of your word, Lord. We just have open ears and an open heart, Heavenly Father, to to hear your word, God. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that anyone um, that's caught up in what I'm about to preach on, Heavenly Father, Lord, that you bring it to the surface, that it just be able to be dealt with, God, and, and healing would come, Lord. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name, thank you, Holy Spirit. Have your way. Hallelujah. Jesus. Mighty Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. So I'm going to speak on um, offense today. A few weeks ago, I spoke on the thoughts and um, of what we meditate on and how important that is and what God shows us to meditate on and the fruit that will come from those things if we're meditating on the right thing. And I spoke about trains of thought. And for those of you who weren't here or didn't hear it, it's actually available on our website in the podcast for free. So jump on and have a listen because it's such a powerful, freeing message. And so what we want to do is we, we think of all these things every single day where there's these trains of thought that go past. And what I was saying is we didn't need to jump on every single one of those trains, and the analogy I use that if I'm going to visit my mum in Ballarat and I want to I wanna reach Ballarat, I'm going to get on the Ballarat train. I'm not going to get on the train that's going to take me to New South Wales. And what we meditate on and what we're thinking about is going to cause the direction that we're going to go in. And so we need to get on the glory train, amen? Not the train of offence, not the train of bitterness, not the train of whatever it is. And so I wanted to, I wanted to just share a little bit more into that and you know in a perfect world we'd all get this just down pat and we'd all just be rolling with it but every single person including myself struggles with thoughts amen 
Because that's where the enemy comes. He comes relentlessly with thoughts, trying to inflame things in our hearts so we'll speak and we'll act contrary to God. And so what I want to talk about is what happens if you get on that train (laughs) and the train crashes in flames because it's so far gone and it's so wrong in the wrong direction that it's just burst into flames. What happens then? Has anyone ever experienced that where your thoughts have just taken you straight down the wrong track and, and there's, there we go, there's a big train crash and a big explosion and whoa, what just happened? I'm not alone. <laughs> Hallelujah, we're all learning and we're all growing and that's okay, God's cool with that. And so I wanted to, wanted to talk about offence because this can be one of the things that can really affect the body of Christ. And I feel prophetically, even over the body of Christ, there's been a real increase of the enemy trying to bring offense and trying to bring division against God's house. And it's something that's escalated. It's something that I can feel brewing in the spirit. And so I just want to bring his word to cut across what he's trying to do. Hallelujah. Because I tell you what, when the enemy tries to bring something, we do the exact opposite. Where he tries to bring disunity, we bring unity. Where he tries to bring hatred, we bring love. We do the opposite of what he's trying to do. He's all darkness, God is all light. You do the opposite of what he's trying to get us to do. Hallelujah. So I'm going to start here. And I want to put this um, in perspective. I want to, let's start at the beginning. So so what is offence? What does it look like to be offended? Has anyone been offended here before? (laughs) We all get offended, right? So offence can come in many different ways. It can come through other people. We can be offended at God's truth. How dare you tell me how to live my life? I'm just going to live it any way I like. We can be offended at the word of God. We can be offended at God. We can be offended at ourselves. Sometimes we can offend people and we have no even clue that we've even offended anyone. And I want to share this funny story. This is a funny story. When I, when I first got born again, I ran a home group. And there was a guy in our group, and he come out of jail. He was a, he's a pretty rough, kind of rugged kind of guy. Tradie and, you know, just, just really just stepping into the things of God. And me being me, I, I just said to him just innocently, and I meant it with all my heart, and I said these words to him. I said, um, I said it's okay. You'll get there one day. Meaning it with all my heart. I believe that God is going to, you, you are going to walk in the thing that God's got for you. And that's what I meant in my heart. <laughs> anyway, he heard that a completely different way than I meant it. <laughs> oh, glory be to God. And anyway, so we, we were good friends. We'd, we'd, we'd hang out a lot. There was, there was no issues. And I found out two years later... Two years. (laughs) Oh, I laugh about it now. He said to me, you know, in that home group, and you said to me that I'll get there one day. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you, you, you will. Look how far you've come. He goes, I was so offended 
at that. And I laughed. I, I, I just laughed and laughed. And I'm like, really? Like, I had no idea. That was not my intention at all to offend this guy. He goes, man, I would wake up at three in the morning and I would hear your voice gnawing at my head saying, you'll get there one day. <laughs> Oh, I tell you, I, I just, I laugh. I'm like, really? And he's like, you've got no idea how those words just penetrated every time I thought about them. He was just like, how dare she say that? I'll get there one day. And he was so offended. I had no idea for those two years that those words were absolutely tormenting this guy. <laughs> Every morning he'd be thinking about it, every, every night. He was so offended. He didn't come and tell me that, though, until two years later. And I just laughed, and I'm like, you know I didn't mean to offend you, right? So it's funny. So something that we can say, even though we don't mean it that way, that's not our heart, sometimes we can receive what someone's saying the wrong way. And that can cause a big offence. And so we don't, we don't want to be people that cause offence, but we don't want to be people that take offence either. That's <laughs> funny. Such a funny story. You'll get there one day. Hallelujah. Oh, he's glorious. And people were offended at Jesus. They were like, is this a carpenter's son? Who are you to tell me what to do? People are offended at God. If people are offended at Jesus, love himself, Mr. Perfection himself, standing before people, if people can be offended at Jesus, they're going to be offended at you. It's true. They're going to be offended because you believe differently than they do. Hallelujah. People were so offended at him. In Mark 4, 16, in the stony ground hearer, it says that they heard the word, immediately received it with gladness, having no root in themselves, so endure for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. I don't want to be built on that ground, Amen. Thank you, Jesus, that we're good ground hearers here. We don't want to be on the stony ground, God. Thank you, Jesus. So what does offense do? What does it do? It separates relationships. And it gets us thinking in a wrong way. Offense affects three people. It affects your relationship with God. It affects someone else and it affects you. And so what happens is these thoughts come of offense. So maybe you're just having a conversation and, and you get home and you're thinking about that and there's just this one little thing that someone said that you remember and you take offense at it. And then every time that you think about that thought, it's like you're getting bricks and you're laying them on the ground. And here comes that thought again. And here comes that thought again. And slowly, bit by bit, 
as the enemy's bringing that back up in your mind, you're actually building a wall right in front of you that separates relationship every time. Every time you meditate and you think on those things, you are building a wall where you can't reach out and no one can reach in. That's what offense does. That's what offense does. And that's why we need to take thought, take captive of every thought in our mind so we're not building a fence, we're not building a wall. Hallelujah. We don't want to think evil of our brother or sister. Love thinks no evil, which we learn. It builds bars like a castle and it stunts a call of God on your life. Proverbs 18, 19. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city and their contentions are like the bars of a castle. Wow. Harder to be won than a strong city. That's wild. Spirit of offense, if not dealt with quickly, can easily spring up into bitterness. And so what I mean by that is, is offense can just brew for a while and it can just, just sit there for a while. And sometimes you might not even say anything about it, but something that just these thoughts keep coming and these thoughts keep coming and it's brewing on the inside. And it's getting bigger and bigger like a wound. If you don't dress it properly, it's going to fester. It's going to start to get infected. And it's going to start to hurt you. And it's going to start to affect other people. So God doesn't want us to go down there. And so it springs up, which means it'll fester and fester. And then there'll just be that one little thing that that person does that will cause it to spring up. Bitterness, anger, resentment. And even a plant, when you plant it and it's pushing its leaves down and all of a sudden it will just spring forth. It's like, it's like having a stone in your shoe with that offense and you're walking with that stone in your shoe. And that person, everything that they used to say, everything they used to do was just so beautiful and so endearing. But now all of a sudden, because I've got a stone in my shoe of offense, everything that that person does is offensive to me. Every single action, every single thing that they're saying, things that they're doing, I'm getting annoyed easily, I'm, I'm offended in my heart. And it causes us to take off the vision of love and it causes us to look through the vision of offense. And so we need to make sure that our hearts become unoffendable. Because we can be offended at God. We can be, God, why is this taking so long? Where are you, God? Come on, God, this, this is the next season now. Come on. Like we can be offended at God because he hasn't done what we've asked in the time that we think he should do it. So we want to live free from offense of man and with God as well. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And bitterness, which actually translates as poison. Bitterness springs up and it says that it defiles many. 
And so what happens is we just, we just feed and, and fester in and build this brick wall with a fence. And all of a sudden, springing up is bitterness. And who knows that poison's designed to kill you, right? Poison's designed to kill you and anyone else who drinks from it. And so the enemy wants us to be bitter. He wants us to be made into the likeness of him, of who he is and his personality. But that's not the personality that we're being made into. We've been made into the image of God. And so I really want to really challenge us that the Holy Spirit would just begin to speak to people here if there's a fence in your heart that's even sprung up into bitterness. And I really want you to just let the Holy Spirit come because God is going to absolutely set you free from this today. If you've really struggled with this, maybe it's been years that you've been building this wall. It's about to come down. God's about to smash it down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus came that we could be free from this stuff. 1 John 2.9, He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. But he who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no offense in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he's going because darkness has blinded his eyes. And so this is, this is really, um, you know, we, we can miss heaven because of unforgiveness. This is, this is a really serious sermon, and, and in fact, as I started beginning to study this, there is so much that God talks about into this topic, into offense, into bitterness, heaps. Like this is just a tiny little snapshot of what he's given me. But I'd encourage you, go to the word yourself. Have a look at the word and do a study on offense and bitterness and all those things. Because I tell you, God is speaking a lot about it. You know, he's not, he's not joking around. He means what he says and he says what he means. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews 12, 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord, looking diligently lest any man fail the grace of God and lest any root of bitterness springing up um, within you and thereby many be defiled. And so if we've got a stronghold of bitterness, we feel justified in our bitterness, and then we start spewing forth gossip and trying to get other people to agree to the, to the way that we're offended. See, it defiles many. It's not something that, that you can just keep to yourself. You might be able to keep it to yourself for a while at the offense level, but once it hits bitterness and that thing springs up, it is going to wreak havoc in your life and everyone around you. It is designed to poison. Who, who's the thief? He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. It's no accident that bitterness translates as poison. And so we've got to not fall in this trap. We've got, to, we've got to have our wits about us and go, man, you're trying to cause me to be offended at my brother. And in Proverbs, it tells us to overlook offense. To, oh, just overlook it. You know, sometimes if people are just having a bad day, that's okay. That's okay. We've got to live unoffendable. We've got to live unoffendable. Hallelujah. Man, people can get offended over the smallest little things. Got to toughen up a bit. 
Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It even says in Philippians 1.10 that you may distinguish between things that differ, that you may be sincere and without offense until the day of Jesus Christ. Without offense until God comes back. Because if we jump on that train of offense before we know it, we're going we're gonna to spring up into bitterness. And then the next thing from bitterness is hatred. And Jesus said, you don't even have to murder your brother, but if you're angry at him in your heart, you're already a murderer. It says that if you look with lust upon your eyes, you've already committed adultery. And it also says that no murderer will enter the kingdom of heaven. So we need to watch our heart. We need to guard our hearts. We need to guard our minds. This is war, man. It's not just, you know, this is just a fun game and just something we do, man. The enemy is out to kill, steal, and destroy off us. For real. It's not a game. We need to keep our wits about us. And the enemy's trying to hit the body of Christ. He's trying to get people offended. So they'll be out here somewhere on their own. And guess who's roaming around them? The wolf. He who separates himself seeks his own. And so we've got to, we've got to man, the enemy, he, he does the same thing, but we fall for it again and again and again and again and again. We've got to wise up a bit. And if you feel offended and it's like, no, I don't want to go to church anymore, look out. Look out. It says, don't forsake the assembly of the brethren. We need each other. We need each other. If we're going to do this thing for Jesus, we need to be unified. We need to walk as one body, one heart, one mind, not offended. We've already got an enemy. It's not each other. It's not each other. We're not each other's enemies. We're beloved brothers and sisters rowing the same boat. Hallelujah for Jesus. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, Jesus. Even in the famous prayer in Matthew 6, 9. Let's go to uh, Matthew 6, 12. And forgive us our debts. Thank you, Jesus. As we forgive our debtors. Wonder how often we forget that. Forgive us, God. But yet we don't forgive the person that's offended us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Wow, that's heavy. That's heavy. I'm telling you, if we go to Jesus, I love to pray passionate about intercession. I'm telling you. You know, when we go to prayer, if you're not seeing breakthrough in your life and you're not seeing those things in your life, maybe you need to check your heart when you go to God. Do I, when I come to Jesus, do I have a fence in my heart? Do I have something in my heart, God, that that I need to confess? Because it says, when I confess my sins, Father, you're faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. We have an advocate. We have an advocate, the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus, which cleanses away all our sin. 
As far as the east is to the west, even though our sins are like scarlet, he washes us whiter than snow. And when we go to him in prayer, if we've got offense in our heart, we've got things going on on the inside of us, I'm telling you, he will not answer that prayer. If we do not forgive our brother or sister from our heart, then neither will the Father forgive you. Wow, that's heavy, man. We've got to take this like, whoo. Jesus, thank you, Papa. Thank you, Papa. Jesus said to, to not give place to the enemy. Not even a day. He said, don't even let the sun go down. Don't even let the sun go down before you work it out. Why does he say that? Because the enemy will come so fast with offense. All the days that you leave it, all the weeks that you leave it, all the months that you leave it, even that guy, years. Years. Do you know how many families, like even they don't know Christ, but so many families are destroyed where people will go to the grave with offense in their heart. They'll be so offended and so angry and so bitter. And I'm telling you, man, bitterness will kill you. Man, I had no idea that that guy was so offended. I had no idea. He's drinking the poison, meditating, angry. (laughs) And I've got no idea. I'm sleeping well. I'm just going through life, just loving Jesus. No idea. No idea. Yet he's glugging down this poison and angry. It's tormenting him. Oh, man, I had awesome sleep in those two years. Praise you, Jesus. Some of the things that we're offended about, the person has no idea. None. Bitterness will kill you. It says in Ephesians 4.31, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Thank you, Jesus. I love this, this scripture, Matthew 18, 21. And Peter comes to him and he says, Lord, how often shall my brothers sin against me and I forgive him? Seven times? I mean, seven times? That's pretty generous, right? Who here's got kids? <laughs> Okay, and you can say to them, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, no problems, you know. By the third time, it's like, okay, yeah, no problems. Okay, by the seventh time, I and mean, that's pretty generous. Seven times, he's coming to Jesus. You know, he, he's thinking, that's awesome, Jesus. Seven times, how gracious. <laughs> and Jesus says unto him, I do not say to you unto till seven times, but unto 70 times seven. Man. Wow. Wow. Imagine someone offending you that many times in a day and they say sorry and you have to forgive them. Are you serious, Jesus? That's God's grace. That's God's mercy. He's exceedingly merciful to the thankful and the unthankful. His mercies are new every morning. 
Hallelujah. Thank goodness for that. Man, I needed some mercy. I still do. And grace. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And so I just want to use an illustration here. So if we can jump to Matthew 18.23. Hallelujah. Matthew 18, 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven has been compared to a certain king who desired to make accounting with his servants. And when he began to count, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. So this bit of paper here, this is like 10,000 talents. Okay, this is how much he owes him. He owes him heaps. But he's got nothing to pay. His Lord commanded that he, his wife, and his children, and all that he had be sold, and payment be made. Then the servant fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I'll pay it all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion, and he released him and forgave him the debt. That's Jesus towards us, such a great debt. Such a great debt. And you know what? Like you can think, well, you know, I was a worse sinner than someone else. It says if you trip one part of the law, you've broken the whole lot. All have fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us. No one's exempt. And if this represents the mercy and grace of God, I mean, that paper's not even long enough, man. The sin that I could list on that thing of my life would... Who knows how far that would go? All the, all the stuff that he's forgiven me of. So grateful. So grateful and so thankful for his mercy over my life. I would not be here. I was on death's door. I was at hell's gate. And yet he looked at me and he had mercy. And he had compassion. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 18, 28. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe. So this is how I want to describe this one. So God's forgiven us all this debt. He's forgiven us all this debt, all these things. And yet I go to my sister and I say, pay me what you owe. Pay me. This much. Because of offence. Yet where's the mercy and the love and compassion for my sister when God has forgiven me so much? Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me. I will pay you all that that I owe. But he wouldn't. And he went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. Oh, man. Yet we can do that all the time. 
God has forgiven us such a big debt and yet we hold our brother or sister to this tiny little offense that we should have overlooked, that we should have shown mercy, that we should have shown compassion. And so when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and they came and told their Lord all that was done. And then his Lord, after he called them and said, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have pity on your fellow servant, even as I have had pity on you? And his Lord was angry and delivered him to the tormentors until he should pay all that was due to him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also to you, unless each one of you from your hearts forgive his brother his trespasses. Man, this stuff is so serious. So serious. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're merciful, God. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you start moving on people's hearts, Lord. Even as I speak, Papa, thank you, Jesus, that there's freedom coming in this house today. If you're bound by this, there's freedom coming for you today. Hallelujah. So what is the antidote for offense? Unity, forgiveness, and reconciliation. That's the antidote. When the enemy's trying to cause you to be offended at someone, do the opposite. Love them. Bless them. Bless them. Do the opposite of what the enemy's trying to get you to do. God's kingdom's upside down. It's completely opposite to the kingdom of darkness. We're to be children of the light. Be ye holy as I am holy. We don't stumble in darkness. We walk in the light. Amen. Hallelujah. And here again, Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say unto you, all things, whatever you ask praying, believe that you receive them and it will be to you. And when you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive it so that your heavenly Father may also forgive your trespasses. So we've gone through that one. Um, Galatians 5, 14. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of, one of another. So we're not there to tear each other down. We're there to edify. We're there to build up. We're there to strengthen and encourage each other. We all go through hard times. We all go through different seasons. We all go through different hardships. We're all, all you know, doing different things, but we're there for one another. We carry each other's burdens, and that's the body of Christ. It's okay to, it's okay to be down. It's okay, you know, it, just for your brothers to come around and just pray for you and just lift you up and just love on you and comfort you the way that the Holy Spirit would. That's the body of Christ. It says in John 17, it says that they will know that Jesus is real by the way that we love one another. Man, the world's got enough slanderers, enough gossipers, enough of that junk, man. It doesn't need to be in the body of Christ. It doesn't. Just need to let it go. God cares so much about our relationship with each other that he doesn't even want us to come to him until we've sorted our disagreement out. He cares so much that we are knit together in one heart and one mind because God knows that a house divided against itself will never stand. 
And if we're not going to be united, if we're not going to unite as the body of Christ, we might as well all go home. Because it's together that we're strong. It's together that we're going to see the kingdom of darkness destroyed, not each other. If we're so busy fighting amongst one another, the enemy's having a field day. We've got an enemy and it's not each other, amen? So God doesn't want us to even worship him unless we've been reconciled or tried to bring restoration to a situation. So Matthew 5.23, Therefore, if you offer your gift on the altar and there remember that your brother has anything against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. God wants us to do something. Go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. God is so passionate about relationship. He cares more about relationship than this building the fence. Man, he wants to kick that thing down. He wants to kick that thing down. He wants relationship. He cares deeply about the way that we love one another. He cares more about that than us coming to pretend to worship him when we've got offense in our heart and we're in unforgiveness and we've got bitterness in our Oh, praise you, Jesus. No. He said, go sort it out first and then come. Then come. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Papa. And what does the Bible tell us we must do when offense happens? If we feel that we can't overlook and it's something that needs to be addressed and it's something that's really weighing heavily down on you. This is what the Bible says. This is our first response. This is what we need to do. Not go and tell someone else. Not go and gossip. Not try and gather, you know, um, a, a defense for our case. It says here, Matthew 18, 15, If your brother shall trespass against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. God's so clear. We're not trying to just fumble around and work out some mystic God. This is what He tells us to do. This is what we need to do. He's given us clear instruction on how to deal with this. But if He will not hear you, then take one or two more with you, so that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. So God tells us if we're, if we're struggling to reconcile with our brother, then we take other people to help. Maybe it's a mediator. Maybe it's someone that can just bring God's Word and God's heart into the situation. So first we go to our brother. If we can't resolve it, we get someone else involved. Hallelujah. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it to the church. And if he neglects to hear the church, let him be to you as an unbeliever. And I want to talk to you about the heart that we go to. We're not going in pride. We're not trying to win, a, win an argument. It says, confess your sins before one another. Confess your sins. Confess the part that you did wrong. And as Pop says, he always says this, half the problem's gone. When you confess your part of that problem, half of it's dealt with already. And who can resist humility? Who can resist humility when you're hot-headed or, or whatever and that person's like, I'm really sorry, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. It just diffuses the situation. 
haven't got it got going in with pride and hey, I'm going to make this guy, you know, make sure that he pays for what, how he's hurt me and what he's done. And, you know, we can go with that kind of attitude, but that's not the attitude that we go with. We go to call out the gold and honour the person. We go to bring a heart of reconciliation to that brother and that sister. We go in love. We go in humility. That's what we go in, not to separate. That that heart of restoration for that relationship. Hallelujah. And who knows in an argument, especially in marriage, you can win the argument and lose the war. And what I mean by that is you can be right. I'm, I'm right in this. But you've destroyed the person and lost their heart and lost that connection. So have you really won it all? Do we really win when we hurt someone? So God wants us to go with humility and love. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Papa. And if you're really struggling, you know, maybe you've even been to that brother and and maybe they don't want to reconcile. Maybe they're so offended and they're just struggling with bitterness so bad that they don't want to reconcile, but you've done everything in your heart. You know how to do to reconcile. That's okay as long as your heart is right before God. You You don't have to take on. That's their response but you're right with God because you've gone in the right attitude and the right heart to try and restore things. And sometimes things are just broken and sometimes they might never be restored because God is a God of free will. We have to, you need two to want to restore that relationship. If that happens, even God gives us the answer to that as well. Matthew 5, 43, if you've heard it, that it has been said, thou shalt love thy enemy and, uh, sorry, love thy neighbor and hate thy enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That ye may be children of your Father which is in heaven. For he makes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good, and he sends rain on the just and on the unjust. So that is our response. And I don't know about you, it's so easy to read those words and that's awesome, God, now I know what to do. But I tell you, when you have been absolutely offended, and, and it's, not just an, um, it's not just an offense that maybe you've perceived, but you've been really hurt, man, really wounded, really absolutely smashed. And what Max was saying before, I've been through some hard times, man. Stuff has come against me. The people that were meant to love me, people that were meant to encourage me, people that were meant to help me didn't. And they nearly destroyed me. They nearly cost me my life, literally. And there can be, oh man, I'm telling you, I'm not just preaching this out of the Word. I know it. I've walked through it. I've lived in offense and I've lived in bitterness. And it's not fun. And I remember the first time trying to pray. Oh gosh. Have you ever been to the dentist, you know? (laughs) And you imagine they're not even, there's no anesthetic. there's no needle here. They just get the pliers and they're just ripping your teeth out. And literally that's what it's feeling like. I'm going to God and I'm like, okay, God, your word says this, but 
God, I just lift up. Oh, and it's just so painful. And it's like, oh, I don't want to bless them. I don't want to pray for them. I don't like them. Look what they did to me, God. Oh, oh man. Oh, gosh. And you just end up so angry and so mad that you just leave God and you just continue to fester this thing. And then you go back to the Word of God and you're like, okay, God, all right. Oh, I'm going to do it this time. God, I pray for... Oh, oh man. It is so hard. It takes every bit of your strength to even want to pray for someone that's hurt you. And when you let it go, when you let it go to that bitterness and that hatred and that anger stage, it's so much harder. It's so much harder. Oh my goodness. The amount of times that I went to God trying to pray and it honestly felt like people were trying to rip my teeth out without anesthetic. It was so painful. And then I'd get over the pulling teeth bit and I'm like, okay, God, all right, all right, God. Bless him. Amen. <laughs> Can anyone relate here? I don't want to bless them. I don't want them to be blessed. I'm so mad. I'm so angry. But that's going to kill you. And it's going to stunt the growth in you. It's going to stunt the call of God in your life. We cannot afford to be angry. We cannot afford to let bitterness fester and spew out over everyone else. Man, I've lived it. I'm telling you. I tell you, this, this isn't just reading the Word and sharing it with you. I've lived it. I've walked through it. And it is painful praying for someone that's hurt you. But God knows that if we, if we go with His heart, that when we begin to pray, it says that our, it knits our hearts together. And all of a sudden, when we begin to pray, as hard as it is and as much as it feels like that tooth has been ripped out of our, our jaw, we begin to feel the heart of God for this person. That they're also tormented, that they're also a captive of the enemy. And we start to, start to feel God's heart. And you start to pray earnestly. And you start to pray with passion and you start to pray, God, don't let them perish. God, it's not your will that any should perish. God, even though they've hurt me, God, if they knew, if they knew what they'd done to me and how much it hurt me, they'd never have done it. And you start to pray and you start to pray, God, would you help them to see the deception? God, would you bring them out? God, help them. God, deliver them. Deliver their families. And I tell you, and you start to get the heart of God and tears start pouring down your face where you're genuinely interceding for them. God's heart for God's people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it sounds funny putting it like that, but I'm telling you, if you haven't, if you haven't struggled with that yet, I'm telling you, you'll remember that story. It is like pulling your teeth out. Praise you, Jesus. And I just want to finish with this. Forgiveness for a Christian is not an option. It's a command. It's not an option. If you're born again, it's not an option. We can't afford to have an option of unforgiveness, bitterness, and offense in our life. 
because it'll take you out. Can even make you miss heaven. That's how serious it is. We can't afford. We can't afford to let that fester. Work things out quickly. Overlook the offense. If you can't, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Work it out quickly. Hallelujah. In Psalm 133, I just want to finish with this. God commands the blessing here. Psalm 133, when we work in unity and we we have the heart of the Father of restoration, then comes the unity again. The song of degrees of David, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell again in unity. It's like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garments. As the Jew of Hermon and as the Jew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. So when we forgive, God commands a blessing on unity. How awesome is that? When we live in unity and restoration, don't let offense come in. So I'm just going to recap. So number one, how does offense affect us? It affects three people, yourself, God, and those around you. What does the word say we should go and do? If a brother offends you, go to that person. Go to that person alone. Don't talk about it with anyone else. Go to them and give them an opportunity to work it out just between you two first. And if you can't, then get other people involved that can maybe mediate and and just help with that heart of forgiveness. Forgiveness is a command and not a choice. It's not a choice. We don't have an option, man. We either want to go to heaven or we want to go to hell. It's really that simple. If we do not forgive others, the Father will not forgive us. And we remember all the sins that we've done, and yet we can pull off just a tiny little bit of offense at our brother and sister. Forgive, let it go. Hallelujah. And unity and reconciliation. We always go with a heart to be reconciled, always go with a heart to be unified again to our brother or sister. Awesome. So, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So I just want everyone to close their eyes in this place. Jesus. God's heart is a God of reconciliation. God's heart is a heart of love. His heart is a heart of mercy. His heart is a heart of compassion. And God, more than anything else, has brought you into this place that your heart might be reconciled to Him. That your heart, that your life would be reconciled unto the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That He loves you so much that He sent His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for all of our sins, for everything we've ever done wrong. He paid the price. Even while we were still sinning, He paid the price for us. That we might be able to go to heaven, that we might be able to repent and go to heaven. Repent means to turn away from our old life, turn away from those things that have caused destruction, turn away from those things that have come to kill, steal and destroy in your life and turn your heart towards God, the maker of heaven and earth. The Bible says we've all fallen short of the glory of God, every single one of us. But we have a choice, we have an advocate, we have Jesus Christ that died, the mediator between God and man. And He calls you today and He says to you, will you come? Will you come? 
And all you have to do is you just ask God, forgive me. Forgive me, Heavenly Father, for everything that I've done wrong. I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sin, God. And Lord, as I turn my heart towards you, that you'll wipe every sin, every offence I've ever done as far as the east is to the west. Lord Jesus, come and be my Lord and Saviour. I need you, Jesus. I don't want to live this way anymore. I can't do it anymore. I need you, Jesus. Come into my heart. And it's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. And I want to give you the opportunity while every eye's closed. If if that's your heart today and you want to be reconciled to God, just put your hand up. Hallelujah. Thank you. See those hands. Praise you, Jesus. It's as easy as that coming before him. He's such a God of mercy and love. He's such a God of mercy and love. He's got so much more better for you than what you've experienced. He's so much more beautiful than you ever thought. Beautiful Jesus. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this one or for other information, check out our website at firechurch.com.au.